Show broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. We mean it. Wherever you are out there, you're part of the great story of the Jewish people's return to the land of Israel under the auspices of God Almighty on the holy land of the land of Israel with a society who keeps the Torah and cares about it. And of course, in a great family structure uh, of the Jewish people and our friends and lovers throughout the world. And I count amongst that the great family member is Malka Fleischer. Malka, Hello. shalom and welcome. Thank you so shalom. much. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yes, it's my pleasure to be here with you on this beautiful sunny day here in Judea. Nine days. Nine days. Nine days. We had some nine days stuff. We've talked about the nine days on this show and that like unpleasant things happen during the nine days. Stresses happen. Sometimes fights happen during the nine days. Stuff that wasn't broken suddenly is broken. Stuff that was about to break finally breaks down. Well, during the nine days. And, uh, you know, Isha, you've told a few people about uh, or really kind of made people aware that they should raise their awareness of the bad energy of the nine days, um, of course, in which we uh, recall the breaking into the old city, breaking into the city of Jerusalem and the ultimate destruction of the Holy Temple, which happened on the ninth of Av. And those nine days are very inauspicious for the Jewish people. Um, as of yet, one day those days will be uh, turned totally around into days of celebration, but not this time, <laughs> not today. Basically, we're not ready. We're not there. And so the nine days are hard. Um, we had here in Israel, there's something called trees, which is kind of like a big plastic, plastic and metal um blinds sort of that come down over your window they darken the window um it's used for taking naps and it's used for um blackening out rooms in case you ever need to black out a city let's say that you have enemies flying above thank god we haven't had that in a while but the the um the tradition of trees continues on here in israel it's a very common item in homes and our trees for our porch door we have a big glass uh, door out to our porch. It completely broke, of course, during the nine days. And it happened basically one of our kids like maneuvered it and it broke. And it, our, it's old. It's not new. So it wasn't very surprising. But our kids called us like in in dread that we would be upset that the trees broke during the nine days. And we just didn't even like I was like, okay, like the kids call me. They're like, we broke the trees. I'm like, okay. Right, don't worry about it. It's and then I called you, Ishai, and I'm like, the kids broke the trees. You're like, okay. Nine days. Because it's just like, it's not even, you can't even like wince during this time. It's just, right. it's sort of to be expected. I consider it, I mean, I super do not look forward to it every year. I dread the nine days every year. But at the same time, I uh, I sort of appreciate in a certain way being a part of the negative energy, being included. Right. Really in the negative energy associated with the destruction of the temple, being that I'm a person who um, is uh, ashamed and uh, upset by the destruction of the temple in the sense that we are supposed to rebuild the temple, but we haven't done it. And they say that in every generation, those who did not rebuild the temple are like those who destroyed the temple. Uh, let, me, let me tighten that up. It, it says it says. Every, it says every generation yes. which did not build a temple, it's as though they destroyed it. Right. I'm not sure that there's a generation 
that it's been truer about than our generation. Mm. Yeah, sure. we really I, I, just have the ability to do it. Right. <laughs> and in every way, basically, and we don't do it. And it's sort of even more insulting to the concept of the temple that we don't build it than that they didn't build it, let's say, 500 years ago. Right. Uh, absolutely. Or 100 years ago. And so uh, we Or are, 50 years ago. Right. We're much, much more, much more in a position to at least take it a step forward uh, to at least have a synagogue given up on the t- in our own Temple Mount. And uh, we don't do it. And we discuss it also in the next half with Rev. Mike Foyer. But uh, it, it, is, it, is something to be, it is something to be ashamed of. And I, I like that word that, that you use. It's, it's not a fun word, but it's a, it's a fitting word for the nine days. And uh, I think you're right, Mark. I think there's something beautiful about knowing that you're part of the destruction of the Temple in the sense that you know that you feel that energy, that you're connected to that energy. It's like, it's like when God punishes you, when God is angry at you, at least you're like, at least it's God, right? At least right. he's talking to me. At least you're in and not out. Right. At least, at least he's talking to me. At least he's with me and, uh, and therefore I'm with him on one level. Even if I'm angering him, at least, at least I'm in his life. At least he's in my life. Right. You know, and, and that, that's a big thing uh, for sure. Um, you know, Malka, every year I talk about, a, I have a parable, I have a special parable uh, about the uh, atmosphere of the nine days, and especially of Tisha B'Av. Uh, years ago, somebody challenged me and said, Yishai, you guys in Israel, you guys don't, you guys don't commemorate Tisha B'Av right, because if you go to the Kotel on Tisha B'Av night, there is something akin to a social gathering, there, like nobody's saying you're not allowed to say hi to one another. That's one of the rules. But people congregate and talk, and there's girls and there's boys even, and then people seeing each other, and there's like, wow, it's good to see you here, and and there's this a little bit of a uh, festive and electricity. There's an electricity in the air, and there's even a type of, you know, there's there's some kind of celebration there, even though it's it's not merriment in any way. But everybody knows it's a, it's a bitter day. But still, though, it's it's not exactly like crying. It's, there's something about it which is positive. And I came up with a parable many years ago, which I think is good. And Ari Abramowitz, one of the founders of the Land of Israel Network, reminded me about my own parable. And the parable goes like this. There are two women in a room, and they are both single. That's their status. They are both single. Uh, only one, her husband, just passed away. And the other one is engaged to be married. And yes, they are both legally defined as single. But their status is totally different. Their atmosphere around them is totally different. One is mourning, and the other one is is going towards you know marriage and towards uh, towards the beginning of life, uh, towards the building of family. And so, yes, we live in the same time. We could you could say we're all in galut. We're, it's all the same. Last two thousand years have been the same. But there's a difference between a uh, hundred years after the destruction of the temple when it's still like smoldering. And a uh, hundred years before the building of the temple, which is where we are now, maybe maybe less. Uh, and there's 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 an, an atmosphere of expectancy uh, for something great, and and you can't help it. You can't help it. You can't help but feel boisterous on one level or another at the time that we're living in. Now, one can look a little bit more micro and get pretty depressed about all kinds of trends that are not such great trends. Um, and, and and you can get down. You can get down at uh, the, the the state of Israel's many faults. Uh, but I think that we have to combine into that one more thing, which is to remember that where it all came from, the ninth of Av. The ninth of Av came from negative thinking. The ninth of Av came from 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 uh, un, unfaithful thinking, and from doubt and from fear. 
And so the tikkun that happened that happened with the sin of the spies when the Jewish people rejected the land of Israel, that was the ninth of Av. And so therefore the way to fix that is to be positive about the state of Israel, about the time that we're living in. That does not mean to put on rose-colored glasses and to and to let it all slide when bad things are happening and people are doing bad things. Certainly not. But it's not to let that break you. It's not to let that break you. And especially now during these nine days and heading into Tisha B'Av, it's to speak good about the land of Israel, about the people of Israel, about the God of Israel, and to speak good. And so I've asked right, you, Right, and Mako, that's not the international atmosphere, by the way. It's obviously an uphill battle. When you go on, uh, when you watch the news, when you go on social media, it's very combative, very critical. Um, and there are things happening today, I'm sure, wherever it is that you live, definitely here in Israel, um, in America, I know also, that you, c- that you could easily and just justifiably be very unhappy about. Um, but I think what you're saying, Isha, is is very useful, which is that during this period, it's really a time to stretch a little bit, to yeah. stretch and to remember uh, what's good and to, and to work your way around the things that are upsetting you and to focus on the things that are not upsetting you, the things that are good and the things that you can help be good, the help th- things right. that you can change. And there's so, so much good. There is really so much good. And, and you know what it is? You know what it is, Malka? The reason that, that many of us Israel lovers, Zionists, pro-Israel people, Jews, non-Jews, friends of Israel. The reason that we that we that we are bitter sometimes is actually because it's so close, right? And we see the potential is so right there, and right. then you it's not happening, and so you get frustrated. You get frustrated. You get heartbroken. You get a little. You're like, oh, come on, do it, right? Because you, you know? know what it's what it can be, right? And you're like, you got you got you got the vessel. You got the vessel. You got the vessel. Don't don't muck it up. Right, and, and so, but but that could also be a source of over frustration and negativity. There is a um, there is a guy who puts together a lot of great news from Israel into one conglomerate web page and email that he sends out. The name is very is very it, good news Israel. Is it, is it very very good news or is no? It, it's uh, or is wait, it, I lost it. Hang on, it's I think it's just very good news Israel. Very good news Israel. Very good news Israel dot blogspot dot com. You know what? I just so respect uh this this website and I myself use it and go there often. Very good news Israel uh dot blogspot dot com. And uh it's just a great way and I, I really want to recommend everybody uh to 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 utilize it. Before we go on he, to that there's even a Facebook page which surprisingly only has like eleven hundred followers. Well we should follow it for sure, and it's very good news Israel. Uh, com. I, I want to tell you one. Uh, I want to start with my own very good news, Israel. Okay. You know, Malka, uh, last in this week, this is the week where NCSY, which is a youth movement uh, from the Orthodox Union in the United States, brings many students to Israel, including public school Jewish kids. And I think there are 1,500 young people in the country right now. They usually have 3,000, but with COVID restrictions and all that, they still managed to squeak in 1,500 young people. That's amazing. And I got to tour some of them, not all of them, uh, in Hebron, because they also bring them to Hebron. So they get these, they get first, is that they achieve that they get public school Jewish kids to a like Jewish slash orthodoxy program. Right. Then they bring them to Israel. Right. Then... 
they bring him to the Hebron, which is pretty cool, right? Not everybody, not everybody does that. Not everybody's able to do that. Okay, they bring him to the Hebron, <laughs> uh, and and then I get a chance to tour them, and I think that that is just so fabulous that I have such a schud. And I got to tell you something: these Jewish kids, they don't know much about it, but they got a good heart and a good brain, and, and they're interested. They're they're right there. They are right there, and and they are just 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 spoon feed them some Jewish knowledge, and they're like they're excited, and 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 their eyes lit up, light up, and 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 they have identity, and they have a sense, and and they have some knowledge, and whatever knowledge they have, they hold on to it, you know, and they're alive. They're totally alive, and we have to continue to fight to to teach. To connect and to bring people uh, closer to 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 Israel, to the to, to Judaism, to the whole thing. So my hats off to NCSY and my great. Uh, uh, I really thank Hashem for the opportunity to be with those young people uh, this week. Gave me a lot of faith in in everything, including in myself. Really? Yes. It gives you faith in yourself. You're like, good. I have what to do in this world. Ah. Uh, I'm. I'm. You doing, like talking to those kids? I feel good. I feel like I feel like I, I do my my part right. You know what I mean? That's awesome. And that's a good feeling. What else you got? Well, you know how before we were talking about like good energy? Do you want to hear the craziest ever story? Go ahead. Basically, scientists at Tel Aviv University, this team of scientists. This is from Very Good News Israel? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Well, it was Very Good News Israel does not write the stories. They, they just, aggregate the right, stories. That's right. So this team at um at Tel Aviv University figured out that the body creates like energy. Now we know that electricity runs through the body and your heart runs because of electricity, sure. but that the cells of the body are creating electricity. Well, they, they can use you as a, you know, as a battery if, a battery if, you're, if you're in Keanu the Reeves. That's right. So they figured out that what they're going to do is they're going to start creating Things like pacemakers and stuff that you use inside your body that's electric. And they're going to figure out a way to harvest your own energy to run these machines. Right. You're going to be your own battery. You know, you know about those watches that came out many years ago that like just the movement of your hand is the thing that powers it? You know what I'm talking about? I always a little bit wanted one of those bikes that you connect to the TV and then in order to watch TV you have to bike. That's right. That's right. I always thought that was a good it's trade. Like, it's like your own hamster wheel. It's like your yeah. own little hamster wheel. But you know they have those watches that- You're that, like you ate a sandwich. Right. And that turns into TV time. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. I like sense. that. Yeah. That's like trigonometry. Right. How much sandwiches is an hour of TV? There you go. Right? Okay. So that's one story. Okay. So that's really interesting. So they're going to- you're gonna, you're gonna power your own. You're gonna power your own pacemaker. Shalom, starhu. I mean, okay? you should never need it because because you know sometimes they have to open up, they have to like replace the battery, and that's like a bummer. But yeah, that's it's like, like you have to do a surgery right. for that. Right. Go ahead. Right. Okay. So here's something else that's super crazy. Mm-hmm. This one's out of Balenson Hospital. Okay. Again, a thing that you should never need: an organ transplant. Mm-hmm. Now, organ transplant is an absolute life-saving thing. It's also somewhat controversial, especially in the especially in the Jewish world. But one of the things that um, they've had a hard time with, that they've always had a, t- a hard time with, is organ rejection. Um, you know, you get an organ donation, and then your body has to like be okay with it, and you take medications, and even with the medications, sometimes, God forbid, it doesn't take. And what they really want to do, because of also the um, 
like the low amount of organs that, that are available to transplant into people, they've been investigating for a long time animal organ donation. In other words, cr- using an organ from an animal in you, which I never even thought of, but apparently I am alone because other people have thought of it. Um, and But they've tried to like work on things like pig heart transplant, which by the way, what happens to you if you're like a Jew with a pig heart? Like I, that's like such a philosophical conversation, but okay, we will deal with that another time. Mm-hmm. But let's say for a second that you want to use a pig heart in a person and give them and save their life and give them a pig heart transplant. That is not going to work because the body, it's too different. Mm-hmm. So the body will reject it. But then they're, what they figured out is that if they, if the main trigger of an organ rejection apparently is the internal lining of the blood vessels and the contact point mm-hmm. between the organ and the body, mm-hmm. they figured out if they could coat that thing with uh, human placenta cells, which incidentally, very plentiful, right? Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. If they can coat that thing mm-hmm. with human placenta cells, then they could possibly... It could take. Yeah. And then you're like, you know, a little bit of a rooster, a little bit of a pig, a little bit, you're like... But you're alive. You're alive. That's right. right? That's right. Uh, that is crazy. That kind of blew my mind. You know what that reminded me of, yeah. Maka? That reminded me of something that's very Tisha B'Av also. Yeah. Who destroyed the temple, Malka, the second temple? Which peoples destroyed it? Which peoples? The Romans. The Romans. Yeah. That's right. Not a trick question, Malka. Yeah, okay? I'm scared. I don't know. I got the nervous Romans. for a second. First one was Babylonians. The second yeah. one was the Romans. Now, in a in a twist of fate, I have a Roman working for me. <laughs> I have a little Roman. Okay, I'm very excited about this. A friend of mine, whatever, whatever, I got hooked up with a American Express card. And this American Express card, which is like a... it's really An American, American Express card. An American, American Express card. Like here in Israel, we, Dafka, also have an American Express card. Right, but it's not... But it's like not really Express. How do you know it's an American Express card? Because right smack in the middle, there's a little Roman. (laughs) There's a mini little Roman, and he now works for me. Okay? We've named him. We've named him. Augustus. Augustus. And this Augustus, he <laughs> is now this little American Express Roman, and he is very excited to do my bidding, okay? Yes. And he lives in He's my- very loyal. He lives in my wallet. I will, will hope so. He lives in my wallet, and when he comes out, he does my Jewish bidding, and this is to fulfill the famous adage, the famous Pasuk, Yishkon Yafet Bo'alei Shem, that Japheth is going to be dwelling within the tents of Shem, of 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 what is it? That's, is that is that do they say Seth? Is that what they say? Or Shem, I, Shem, Shem, right? No, because Shem, right? So the point is, is now now that has been fulfilled, and so this Roman that destroyed the temple is now helping build Judea. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Work for me. I love, I love, I love using that card because I'm like, this is the biggest tikkun. This is the biggest ticket. America plus plus the Roman guy, uh, we're making it happen. So that's the same thing with the pig. You know, it's like okay, you're a pig, you're not kosher. For a long time, you were a symbol of the other side. But if you can work for me, you know, then then great, save lives and do yeah, your thing. Yeah, nice. They've they've managed to make this thing work. By the way, in hearts, lungs, livers, kidneys, pancreases, and limbs. What does that mean? By the way, I just want to know what limbs means. I don't know. 
not going there. Okay. But they managed to, the experiments until now were ex vivo outside the body. Mm-hmm. But that is totally crazy. And that is going to be a massive, massive game changer in the world for sure. I'm still excited about the fake meat that's going to be grown in the laboratory. Where is the fake meat, by the way? The, Why aren't we eating that? I don't know. You would think aren't that- Aren't they, the, isn't it done? Huh? Are they still testing it? Does it need FDA approval? I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited about fake meat. I'm excited about 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 fakesteak.com. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about that fake steak. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm excited for that for that opportunity, but it hasn't risen up yet. So there was a piece of you may call it bad news. Uh, I think it came out this week that Israel, um, that the new Bennett administration, Bennett Lapid administration, agreed to give massive amounts of Jordan Jordan River water to Jordan. They're having a drought. Um, and apparently they desperately need water. We That's what also, happens when you're a hater. Uh, you get dried out. You get dried out. You're a hater. You're just you're Germany's not, being flooded right now. There's certain parts of Germany. That's another way. Flood. That's another way. We get you both ways. The extremes will get you. So uh, so and we have the ability here on our coast. We and through uh, also technological advancements, but not of recent. Uh, we have the ability now uh, with Hashem's help to turn salt water into fresh water. Um, so I guess our needs are not as pressing as Jordan's needs. So we're going to be giving them a lot of water from the Jordan River, which is a, which is a very controversial move. Um, but regarding the Jordan River, it turns out that the Jordan River isn't always feeling so good. Mm-hmm. There's like pollution that happens in the Jordan River. So there's a company called IDE Water Technologies, IDE Technologies, uh, an Israeli company that started in the mid 1960s, uh, it is go- it secured a bid with Emekamayanot Water Corporation and is now proudly operating the unique Afike Mime Reclamation Plant, a first of its kind brackish water reverse osmosis plant, and they are going to be processing like two million square meters i want to say cubic meters cubic meters right that makes that sounds <clears throat> normal cubic meters of water per year and cleaning it up and they're going to be sending it to israel's gilboa area and mm-hmm. 70 cubic meters of brine for fish farming ponds 70 cubic million or something like that, no right? it says 70 i don't know i guess they don't need that much that doesn't just a sense. little yeah that doesn't make sense but anyway yeah maybe it's a typo yeah but they are going to be cleaning up our jordan river Great. So I was very happy about that. And that's a nice Israeli company going to be doing that. That's right. It's like it's like Alicia curing Naaman in the uh, in the waters of the Jordan River. You know, the, 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 the Syrian general comes down. He's like and he's got he's leprous. My hand. <laughs> they took my hand. Right. So, so great reference. Anybody knows that one, please write us an email. <laughs> um, and uh, and anyway, so so Naaman, this 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 general's like this. This is a rivulet compared to the rivers yeah, we, we have in Syria. We've got some real rivers. This is like a this puddle. Is like your little baby river, that's what's going to cure me? And everybody's like, just just listen to the prophet. Just, just like, do it. And of course, there's a difference between big and holy. And the, the Jordan River is holy. And, and when Elisha's got power, he's, uh, you know, he's Hashem's messenger. He makes, uh, he makes Naaman uh, pure again. Uh, and that's the, that's the power of the Jordan. It's great that this company is now purifying our, our beautiful river. And, and really... Um, it's got to start here. It's got to start. We got to if if we want to fix the world, you gotta you gotta you gotta start fixing your own place. And certainly, if the land of Israel is clean and beautiful, then that's going to that energy is going to spread to the whole world. That's well, speaking of healing, Ishai, 
Um, it looks like the Bank of Israel is going to be issuing several million special edition five shekel coins, which I have never seen them. Oh do. yeah, they used to have it. They used to have the Rambam on it. I have. Those oh coins. really? Yeah. So I have never seen those. Yes. Yeah, um, so- and I would love to see that. But the the uh, Bank of Israel and the Israel Postal Company are getting together, and they are going to be issuing a special five shekel coin, which is one of our best coins, really. You um, should have many of those. Yes. Uh, a symbol of gratitude to medical teams who fought for the lives of the public during the coronavirus. The design for the coin features a medical worker treating a patient. It's really like a medical, it's like two sets of hands. There's a set of hands that looks kind of frail and like it's in like a hospital gown. And there's another set of hands um, holding uh, those hands and leaning over those hands is half of a face with a mask like a you know a um one of those uh disposable looking medical masks and h- hanging down is a stethoscope mm-hmm. and so there was apparently a design competition including 15 different designers and they liked this version i'm curious i would be curious to see what the other versions were uh but that's it israel's gonna be uh just a little you know maybe you give one of those to somebody be like Buy a cup of coffee. You you know you handle it to handle it to, it to your Although father. Can't really Send get it to your father who's a doctor. That's a nice idea. Yeah, he'll love that. That's a nice idea. Yeah, he'll love. He'll yeah. enjoy that. Okay. He'll, he'll so that's my good news from Israel this week. Ishai. He'll display it proudly. Speaking of that, we actually also formed beautiful new medallions at Hebron in the Jewish community of Hebron with Avraham and Sarah, uh, separate two separate coins, and they're beautiful, and they're going to be soon marketed uh, by the Hebron Fund to make honorary citizens. So it's a real Ooh. great opportunity. It's a beautiful, beautiful coin. People are going to really love it. So I want everybody to check that out, hebronfund.org, one of our proud sponsors. Another proud sponsor of our show is Jewish Press, jewishpress.com, okay? And they always put out our show every single week, and that's really great. They feature it, so that's really fun. And thank you very much for your Jewish Express email, which of the all the news emails is my favorite email. I get many news emails uh, of Israel news, and I like a lot of them. I get Algeminer, and I get World Israel News, and I get... And I get another one that I like. I get a, I get a lot. And I get JNS. I get a lot. But my favorite is the JewishPress.com, uh, the Jewish Express. That's my favorite. So thank you very much to that. And I also want uh, to encourage everybody to check out our brand new donate page, which is at uh, EshaiFleischer.com. You hit the donate button. Uh, and it's through our Kuma 501c3. And it's a beautiful new page. And not only that, you could help me by testing it and by letting me know if it's working well. Uh, my friend Andy was was helping me with it, and uh, we're working on 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 making it uh, function really well. And it's nice and good and smooth, and 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 it's it'll just as you and I were walking in the uh, Muslim quarter, uh, some shopkeeper is like, "Come this way to lose your money," right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. It was it was like a funny term. It was a funny joke, but uh, but but there's something to that, which is it's a great way to, to to funnel your strength towards our strength, and together our strength are combined to make great things happen in the land of Israel. So that's really cool, and we have many other great sponsors uh, of the show, including Prohibition Pickle, which we got an awesome shipment. Yes, uh, including All kinds chopped of salami. liver salamis of various kinds, some made by Prohibition Pickles. Pickle, some some imported from faraway places of different varieties. I felt like I was like I felt like I was like you know, there's all these people who are experts in like scotch or something. You know what I mean? They're like they have this scotch. Oh, uh, you this were doing sh- like a. I was like like a salami tasting. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is from the Italian uh, lowlands, with a, with a, it's briny and it's got um, 
things in laid of the things and it's like it's more peaty or whatever I'm <laughs> whatever I'm supposed to say fruity top notes or whatever I, I don't know if you say that about salami I don't know what the proper verbiage is I'll have to look it up um, I don't think peaty is probably good for no. salami speaking of salami I'm pretty hungry for some meat we've been we eating eat- fish I've been trying hard the fish are great I love I fish I made Moroccan fish for the first time it was it was quite Moroccan I was so proud I got it off an Israeli website Maka. Maka, inside you are. I was Mar- nervous. You are not far from a Moroccan Maka. So close. You are. You really are. You're like the. You're pretty close to Moroccan. I don't in know. Many ways. Except I don't have their cleaning ethic. No. Or the ability to not burn, in the sun. Right. Right. Those things. But hey, we're trying. I, I, was, I was talking <laughs> about the fish. But in any case, all right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show, Maka Fleischer. Thank you so much for being with me and discussing positivity uh, from the land of Israel. And we have to fill ourselves with pos- positivity right now. Still have to fight for the, for the right things. But even just in these days, to just think positive. Show Hashem that we think positive. Show the land that we love it and we think positive. In fact, we're flying out. You and I are flying out uh, this week, this coming week uh, to America with the family and uh, for a family slash work trip. We're going to be a little bit in Florida, but mostly in Texas. A lot of people ask me, you know, are you coming to Texas? I'm coming to Texas. And um, we'll be in New Jersey as well. Uh, so that's very exciting. Um, but I'm a little bit nervous of, to, to leave the land of Israel because it's such a good land, uh, such a special land. But, of course, we're going to go on shlichut. We're going to go on emissary work and a mitzvah of uh, seeing our family and connecting to them and connecting to so many people along the way. So if you want to see us while we're out there, write me an email, yishayishayfleischer.com. I want to thank the Land of Israel Network for hosting us, and I want to thank Tabitha. Ben Bresky, Moshe Herman, Yocheved, uh, and Lou for making the show happen. Thank you so much. And thank you all of you for being part of it and for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Write me an email to, to hear your thoughts. I can't wait to see you. And of course, thank you to God Almighty. All right, Maka, I do want to tell you that today's show is dedicated to Leah Goldman. Leah Goldman, a good friend of ours yes. who went uh, very early in life. An amazing, uh, beautiful, smart, talented, vivacious, Zionist Jewish, awesome, funny lady. And mom. And, and mom. That's right. Uh, she uh, left before her time nine years ago. I was a good friend of ours. We miss her every single day. Today's show is dedicated to her uh, to her honor and her memory, Leah Goldman, uh, by her husband, Shmuel Goldman, and by his new wife, uh, Batsheva. The great Batsheva. The great Batsheva, who continue uh, an amazing tradition together and continue to build that great house together, uh, who brought their families together. And it's a, it's a real honor uh, to have the opportunity to to talk about Leah on the show and also to remind people of her work in this world, which was to really settle the land of Israel, especially the Golan Heights. Uh, check out the town of Yonatan if you want a life of beauty and awesomeness in the land of Israel. Good air, good fruit, good people. Just yeah, lots of space and yeah, and 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 and, and nice, just, nice and calm. Just a sense of, it's calm and yet frontier and yet, and yet just it's idyllic. It's idyllic, and if you can't move there right now, consider taking a vacation there. A good friend That's of mine. That's for sure. I just rented a house there for a month for the yes. summer. Yes, that's the way to do it. And so it's really something beautiful, something awesome. So um, I want to to bless the 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 memory of Leah. Thank you so much for all the good work that you've done. I want to tell people that you can you also can dedicate a show. Torah and our discussions and the light from the land of Israel to somebody you love and somebody you, you want to honor. And that's by writing to com or just going to my website and, and, and the donate page that we just created. Uh, you can make a dedication. 
Uh, and that's it, Maka. Let uh, let the not only the memory of Leah, but actually one of thing I'm sure about is that she doesn't have just a memory, but her soul is active in the affairs of Eretz Israel and the right. affairs of her family. Uh, she was strong in life. She continues to be strong, maybe even stronger in death. Yes. Uh, and her family. May continues. her neshama have an aliyah. May this show, which was a lot about positivity, which was what she was all about. Right. Um, about loving the land of Israel, about presenting like the awesome victories of Israel, um, which she w- w- took so personal pride in. Also, uh, may this show be to her merit and to the merit of her beautiful children and her her uh, husband that she left behind and the fam- the new family that's been created out of that. Right up next is Rav Mike Foyer, who's uh, back. Uh, in the good land and we have a a wild and interesting conversation about many topics so stay tuned for that Malka thank you so much have an easy fast thank you you uh, too if not a celebration of the third temple that's right Uh, and God bless you keep up the good work and and, uh, enjoy the flight thank you All right, folks more great stuff is on the way lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings and shalom All right, everybody, shalom, and welcome to the Ishai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are, and shalom, and welcome to Rav Mike Foyer. Rav Mike, shalom, and welcome. Thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, shalom, Ishai. It's good to see you again after such a long break. That's right. L'chaim, L'chaim, let's have some coffee a little. It's morning here in Judea. I haven't quite hit the coffee hour, but I'll tell you my water, which I'm pumping after my exercise. I like to exercise at sunset. You want to hear a funny thing? <laughs> oh, gosh, that sounds like the most awful idea I've ever heard. My mom hates sunset. My mom hates I sunset. I love sunset. I'm not going to be doing anything activity-oriented. Why? I'm a morning person. I got up a long time ago. Uh, I, I, like, I, just, I love it when the sun is setting, things turn gold, and I like to jog in the fields there. It's, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's, I don't know why. Like, right at sunset, like, my body's like, go, go for a run. No, it's physiologically. My wife is the same way, by the way. She's like a late-night person. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I'm a morning person. I feel good in the morning. Sun starts to go down. I'm like, uh... Well, this this background it happened to be my mom's birthday yesterday, uh, and so I wanted to take her to a place that that she hadn't been at yet, and so we that have. Nice You're a good son. Yeah, well, we have an amazing stalactite uh, stalagmite cave in uh, next to Beit Shemesh. It's really beautiful. It's not huge. The whole walkthrough takes 30, 40 minutes, but but it, but it's it's, it's huge. Yeah, but it considered a, a world wonder wonder because. Uh, it have the different kinds of stalactites and stalagmites that kind of coexist in the cave. And it's just very beautiful. You're in the very hot Beit Shemesh area in the forest there. And then suddenly you're just going into this underground thing. They did it really nicely. And suddenly you're in this weird, humid atmosphere and, and, and otherworldly. And I was actually thinking about Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu. What a shock. <laughs> right, because it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he went up to Har Nevo, that before he was to pass away, that God showed him all of the land of Israel, including the caves and the hidden things. Right, right, right. Rashi brings that down from the Midrash, right? Or is that shot? No, no, that's that. It's a Midrash. And I thought to yeah, myself, yeah. I thought to myself, yeah, you, you know, he saw this. He saw, he saw this very cave. The it's underground like, gem. Yeah, an underground gem. And it wouldn't be, by the way, an underground gem without the lighting. You know, they add all this lighting to it because it is, it's, it's well, the underground. Right, <laughs> and they make a path through it. And it's totally right. It's totally dark, but they made it beautiful and otherworldly. So it was great to uh, it was great to be there. And Marilyn Poe says shalom from North Carolina. I think 
But many years ago, my mom took me to North Carolina where we saw there a stalactite stalagmite a cave. Of we had this discussion earlier, but I can say it's my favorite state in the union, and it's quite late at night or early in the morning. So that's right. Uh, thanks that's for right. tuning in. It is a great state, of course, North Carolina. And I myself am, am heading out. You just came back from a trip to America. Yes. Uh, and I'm heading to the United States for a, a, a long time, some 28 days. Uh, mm. well, in Florida, in Texas, and in New Jersey, or New York, New Jersey area. Did you uh, choose which states to visit according to governors? No, 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 not according to governors. <laughs> just to check it. According to, to our family, and this right. is a family tour plus, slash work. I'll be doing some, some talks in Texas. The work doesn't stop. Right. Well, yeah, it's funny yeah. you say that yesterday. <laughs> speaking to you somebody. tell me how that goes when you get back. Yesterday I was speaking to somebody, so I, I said to him, yeah, I'm flying away for like a month. And I said to him, but but don't worry, I'm still going to be able to work. I'm on WhatsApp. I'm on email. He goes, why do you even say that? Like, it's okay. Just go do your thing. Go on vacation. Like, what do you, why do you have to say I'm, I'm on my WhatsApp? That's, not nope. a bad thing. That's what he told me. And I, I laughed at myself a little bit. Um, but um, any case, back to, to Moshe Rabbeinu. Speaking of Moshe Rabbeinu, Rav Mike, where we're, in a, um, we're in a new book. We just finished yes. the book of, of Bamidbar, which is really a book that I love so much, Bamidbar. So many great, interesting stories, so many politics so many issues, issues of leadership, issues of, of generational uh, changeover, just r- really, rich. really issues of, yeah, rich, rich in terms of. Uh, well, you, you've always called it the book of Jewish politics, so no wonder you love it. That's right. It's, 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 it's the book of, po- of Jewish poli sci. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, right. Now we're in the book of Jewish, first thing, uh, Jewish philosophy and also. And also, this whole book is a long speech. It's a long speech given by Moses. Uh, and I learned some very interesting things about this book. And one of the things is, is that, uh, I don't even know how we say this in, I'll say it in Hebrew, You'll, you can help me translate it. We, we're, we, 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 uh, we derive meaning from passages which are just sort of in conjunction in the text. Right. I don't so, know a more concise way to say that, but. Since this is a redacted text. A speech given, so therefore mm-hmm. the thing that he said before Moses ties into the thing that he says right after, and you can learn something from why he juxtaposed these two things together. Which is always an interesting question. It's not that we don't say that elsewhere in the Torah, but here it becomes a principle because it often can be experienced in very choppy fashion if you look at it as a written text instead of as spoken. Because uh, you know, I, one of my projects I'm working on right now, I'm, I'm helping to transcribe and uh, sort of transform someone's spoken classes. And the way we deliver information and we refer to ideas when we speak is fundamentally different than that which you when we write. And so things will make sense to people who are listening that might appear odd, to say the least, if you're just sort of trying to read it through as a written text. Right. So you have to read it as a speech, in short. Right. right. Like if you're giving a speech and you go and you make a, a, a strong point and then you look at the crowd and you go, you know what I mean? Right. Like that, the beauty that, of it is, is, is suddenly we get Moshe said, and God said to me, right? Up until now, it's been uh, God said to Moshe. Now it's like, oh, by the way, and then you have to sit with that. And then God said to me, mm, before you even get to the content. Well, I just want to tell you that, and speaking of speaking, Shel Lindenbaum says that you asked about sound balance. It sounds like Mike, uh, Rav Mike is sitting in the mic, and Rabbi Yisha is talking from far away. From far away, so so we have just some kind of uh, imbalance. I'm going to thank you. Show. 
Okay, thank you very much. Let me just hit a button here and see if uh, I move back. I actually, I realized I, didn't, I don't have my good mic plugged in because I was, like I said, running back and forth one place to the other. But well, I just hit a button and show if this sounds better. Let me know. In the meantime, I also want to say hi to uh, what kind of name is that? Sprather? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But I don't have a church. Okay. Well, he. Thank you though for the blessing. I think I think what the meaning is is uh, your what they what, what what sometimes Christian folks mean by that is your ministry or your pulpit. We would ah, say. your, your not, thing that you are. I have a shul, <laughs> like, um, well, but I, I get it. They don't mean your, a church necessarily. No, your message that you're broadcasting. Right, exactly. Oh, so Shell says it sounds worse. Hold on one second. So let me let me uh, unclick that sucker, and I'm going to make. Please pause technical difficulties. Okay, how about this? I'm going to change it. So I hope we're a little bit more balanced. Shell, let me know. I, I pumped up my volume. Let me know if that sounds a little bit uh, more um, more equal. In any case, keep keep up your help, Shell. You really appreciate it. Uh, here's another thing I want to ask you about the the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, which is the book we're going into, the book of Devarim. The second you know, time around. That's right. Second time around. Second Torah. Uh, this parsha is one of the. I think it's a little bit of an unfair name because. Not all of the book of Deuteronomy is a is a reversion to the four previous books. It's got some elements, no, sure. of, but like it's not like it's a, the whole thing is like a second telling. There are parts of it which are a second telling. This week's Torah portion, the 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 Torah portion of Devarim, is definitely a second telling, and with very different perspectives on issues that we thought we knew. And well, actually, that's kind of the way it is when you retell your own story, right? And and I I wanted to ask you about that because I got into an argument with somebody recently. He came into the office and, and Hevron and he said to us that he, he, he talked about the second telling. And there are at least two issues. Uh, um, th- there are two, at least two issues. One second. Okay. There are at least two issues that you could see that Moses changes something from the way we thought we knew it. Mm-hmm. One is uh, how the spies were sent out. Very important. Right. And, and the way he look, makes it look like is, well, you guys came to me and said, let's send out some spies. And I thought it was a good idea, mm-hmm. which is as opposed to the original text that we met that it kind of said, you know, God said to him, if you would like to send spies. But it was like a Moses idea and God acceded to it. That's one. Yep. And similarly, the same thing happens with the judges uh, that are appointed. As, as opposed to Moses being the, the, the one and only judge, the appointment of judges, the way Moses tells the story is you came to me and you said, we need judges. We want to be more part of the, uh, um, we want process. people part of the process. So he's like, okay, and I let you have it. Instead of Yitro came, gave you advice, saw that you couldn't do it, and mm-hmm. Jethro gave you that advice, and then you enacted it, and God kind of agreed to it. It's a very different tale. So this guy that came to the office, he says that he heard from uh, Dr. Micha Goodman that this shows that when Moses was retelling the story, he wanted to get the people more involved. So he a little bit altered it in such a way as to be like, you see, you guys are always part of the democratic process of, of, uh, of decision making. And it wasn't as top down as you might think. And he kind of, he kind of. It was apologetics. Things. Right. Framing. And I said, I'm like, no, I don't believe that. No, I don't think so. I think that he, his whole point is the original version is the truth. 
mm-hmm. and the retelling is is a is a, a second uh, version, right? A second, right? Right? Like a like a, no, but like a doctored version. No, I understand. That's what a second version is, meaning it's supposed to be a retelling, right? So I was like, no, they so, are co-equal. In my opinion, they are co-equal, and it's it's just as much as the first one. That it's just as much true as the first version, and they're just different angles, and both things could have happened. And I said to him, "That's actually the way it is in politics. If you ever notice in politics, it's like why he came up with this bill. Well, it didn't work like that. There was this other guy, and he pushed this bill, and this other person mm. from the top down, and and there was and there was a whole lot of things that came together at the same time. So this is an argument, huh?" What do you think? I, I really so, wanted to throw. It. I mean, I, first of all, I mean, I, I think that it's 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 not a bad shot if you want to make an argument or you're you're giving a a a drusha on uh, you know what's how to explain this discrepancy. I want to just be clear on that. I mean, it's not like you know the 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 reading is not, is not only sound but it could be insightful, um, you know, in the good sense, right? Not inciting. Uh, but but I want to back up a second before I give what I think is the shot in both those cases, which is from a different perspective, and just say that. It's not just in politics that this is the way it is. This is the way it is in life as driven by memory altogether. What do I mean? There's your experience and there's how you relate to it once it's in the past. That's a fact of consciousness. Do you understand what I mean? Things are happening to us all the time. And chronologically, they move on. But when we talk about memory, it means, but I still have that experience. It's, it's, It's who I am. But where does it exist? Now, I want you to try a thought experiment right now, and everybody listening can too. Think of something that happened in your life more than five years ago that you said at the time, wow, things are going to be different after this. It was that big. You don't have to tell me what it is, so you can go wherever you want. I'm not even going to ask you what it is. Just think about it. You let me know when you've got something. You'd be like, at least five years, you were like, so that's to be you know, massive, but I know you've had things in your life, but you wouldn't. Things are going to be different after this. You got something? Okay. Now ask, now ask yourself, if five, at least five years later now, you understand that event the same way now as you did then. Not possible. Meaning you share, maybe you have a continuous memory of it, but you don't look at it now like you did then. Right. Not who it was that big. Right. Right? Um, and that is the defining nature of the relationship between Tavarim and the other four books of the Torah. I said, Moshe now, they had all these shared experiences. And just on the surface of things, he's like, I'm going to tell you about it. What just happened? And the the difference between the second version and the retelling is the difference between an attempt at history and the fundamental fabric of memory. Remember that history is an import into our tradition. So that, like, I mean, uh, Dr. Rabbi, Dr. Rabbi, Micha Goodman, anyway, he's, he's a geval. I, I love his thought is always worth reading. I may not agree with everything he says, but it certainly would never be dismissed. But the, he comes from that sort of head of history critical perspective, but the Torah is presenting us with Moshe's experience. So the shot, I'd say, was leaning heavily on, yeah, God says, yeah, go ahead and send them, Moshe. What do you think? I mean, the Rashi brings it down. It's the first time, like, that Moshe went to God and said, what do we do? And every other time, God says, right? This time, it's like, I don't know, Moshe. What do you think? Right. And they're back in the moment he sends them. Right? Why? And the people are afraid. To some degree, he gives into their fear. Maybe he doesn't understand it. We could talk about that in Shlachacha. Now, when he's telling us about his own experience of it, not only does he tell what, what it was like, you all came to me and, like, I, like, okay, fine, it was a good idea. And I went with it. And Rashi brings the Midrash in our parsha saying, like, he was hoping that 
you know, if you, somebody says, let me, your, you know, sell me your, your uh, donkey. And you say, sure. And like, well, we let me do a donkey test ride. No problem. We let me test ride in the valley. Sure. We let me test ride in the mountains. Sure. Uh, well, you know what? Just some of the donkey. If he's letting, willing to let me test drive it that many places, he must be absolutely confident. So Moshe's like, yeah, yeah, go check it out. But, but we get his inner dynamic of how he experienced it. Right. And I think it gives an important insight because he also says, by the way, right after that, that that's why God got angry with him and he couldn't go into the land, which is an important question. Like, well, what do you mean? I thought Moshe couldn't go in the land because he struck the rock. Right. And there's a connection there, maybe. But the other one, I and then I'll pass it back to you, is the, the other question of them coming to him um, about the judges and Yitro and, and, and all that is that I can imagine that in, before Yitro came to Moshe, there were some rumblings in the camp. And, and, and Moshe probably wasn't listening because he was like up there with God. <laughs> you know, Yitro was a man on the scene. He understands people. He gets how things work. He's talking to all kinds of folks. He's an outsider. People are probably confiding in him. He comes to Moshe and he's like, listen, Mir Sashem, this is the way things should be. And then Moshe wasn't stupid, <laughs> you know? So, so like, by the time he makes it to Arvot Moab, he's like, yeah, so you guys, you guys sent you, you came to me, and you're like, this is the way it needs to be. Okay, so that's, so that's, that, so that's an easier explanation. That's a good explanation. That's, that's an easier one. But they both reflect his personal experience over time. That's my point. Don't miss it. Is he's been reflecting on this experience for 40 years. Right. Both of them. Do you think he understands in the same way now as he did then? Impossible. Impossible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This show is dedicated to the yard site, the day of passing, of our good friend Leah Goldman. And uh, it's dedicated by her uh, beloved husband, Shmuel Goldman. Our brother uh, and friend. And, and That's right. And uh, new wife as well, already for many years, uh, of Batsheva. And the reason I say that is because uh, when, when Shmuel... Uh, sent out the message that uh, we're, we're going to be commemorating the yurt site of Leah Goldman. He sent it in his name and the name of his new wife. And he's been doing that for like eight years. Oh, yeah. That was on one of the most beautiful things and one of the most beautiful senses of continuity. And that is that like, you know, a wife passes away. She leaves children behind. A new family is formed together with a wife that already has children and a husband who has children. And, and a new unit is built. And they together commemorate the passing uh, of this great person, you know, previously, and the and therefore celebrate the the continuation, the grafting on of this, the, the grafting not on, but grafting together of this this family. And there's something so you get that email that says like, okay, the husband and wife commemorate the passing of uh, of Leah beforehand. It's just like you're like, this is continuity. This is life. This is not just a cut that was a part of life and it's over. No. It's, it keeps going. This family's being built and rebuilt. The children are still being raised in the same in, you know, way that they were being raised before. And there's a, there, there's a continuity to life. And if you go up there to the, the Goldman House in the Golan Heights and you see <laughs> the beautiful house. Oh, it is real life. It is just beautiful, growing, growing thriving. Right. You know, I, I like my, my, our friend Leah Goldman, uh, she was so full of life. And then, and then, and when she was cut down by this, uh, by this cancer and, and she like the Lubavitcher Rebbe shrunk, you know, um, tiny at the end. right. And yet, and yet like the, the, the burst of energetic life, uh, that, 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 that came out of her death, like some kind of like, you know, <laughs> I mean, when I think about the amount of prayer that came into the world in the last six months of her life alone, 
I'm mind boggled. I'm talking about bursts of light, you know. And um, the beauty that I hear in what you're saying as it connects to where we came from, which is why I said I think it was entirely appropriate, is that you're pointing out that all the life you see there in Shmuel and Bacheva coming together and building their families together, all that life wouldn't exist if Leah hadn't passed. Mm-hmm. That's simply a fact. Those are the, the historic facts, right? The constructive power of memory is the way in which that, that itself becomes part of the positive energy. Right? When the tragedy is transformed into a source of positive identity to break it down into like, you know, terms, then memory is redemptive. Baal Shem Tov says, right? Memory and redemption are linked, right? Memory is, we, the uh, Santayana can say that those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. Baal Shem Tov says that that actually memory is the key to redemption. And forgetting is exile. So, so like that redemptive, growthful power is really rooted. So it's, it's beautiful what you're pointing out, just in the simplicity of the mutual invitation to remember. So that, that is uh, today's show is dedicated to Leah Goldman, um, a, a great friend. Leah Goldman, about Esther Fumit, right? What was her father, what, father's name? What's her father's name? Jerry, I know his name. That's yeah, right, Jerry, man. <laughs> okay. but like anyway, to set it because I mean because they usually use the except for the refuah, right? And and that also ties in to two more things. First thing was my mom's birthday, as I said. So happy birthday to my mom. Happy um, birthday to mom. Happy that's birthday. Right. Well, happy birthday to mom is always happy birthday to yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, no, sure. Uh, and there's the a little other, bit of a little bit of self love always in the mother love, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, uh, but my mom's doing great, and she is uh, also a Temple Mount warrior, and she made her debut at speaking at the Knesset this week. Uh, wow! She went, uh, she went to a um, um, a a meeting, not a meeting. What is it called a um, conference? But it was more than a conference, you know. When they have, they have a in the Knesset, they'll have a plenum. A hearing, a, a, yeah, it was a hearing. Let's call it a hearing. That's that's what it would what it would amount to. And uh-huh. uh, she spoke uh, from the table uh, about her experiences on the Temple Mount and about the the Mugrabi Bridge. And then, mm-hmm. oh, was, right, 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 because this is like just disaster waiting to happen right now. Oh, we should yeah. talk about that for a second. Yeah, it's not actually true. It's it's not disaster. Uh, oh no, they mean meaning the the stability of it is not in danger. Yeah. No, it's 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 a fake story. It's fake oh, yeah? news being put out fake by. News. Yeah, it's totally fake news. The the thing is anything but unstable. The wood slats can be replaced. Should be replaced. Okay, That's fine. It. Say it, but, but like it slid once in that that earthquake and they built the thing. But wh- who's putting out fake news in that such a specific and and potentially explosive fashion? Oh, very simple. The people who don't want Jews to go up to the Temple Mount. The people that want to slow it down. And right now, Jordan. Ah, it's the jihadis because because they just. It's the it's the it's the don't anger the jihadis lo- lobby uh, with yeah, with this very powerfully. Uh, they are like, whoa, this bridge is unstable. We got to shut this down. We got to shut it down, right? And then it's such a political nightmare to right. rebuild it that that oh oh I missed this, the two step. I yeah, missed the two step. You got to understand the two step bridge. There's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. It's uh-huh. made. A credible steel strength. It's got these. Right, right, right. Yeah. Certainly no more dangerous than half the other rest of the old city. Total bogus fake news put out uh, there. Scary. 
yeah, it's, it's scary. Not- That's some someone thought of a very good issue right. to push on. Oh yeah, because yeah. that that place is definitely if you want to call the Temple Mount. The, I remember when I was here in college before I was a religious man. I was here in uh, 1994, 94, 95. Um, and, and like things were open up, like peace and, with Jordan. And we went down to Egypt for weeks. We were off and on in the Sinai, even. Um, but we were sitting once at the Tayelet looking at the old city. And I remember saying to my buddy late in the evening there that whether you believe in God or not, that's basically a big gold button that says push here for apocalypse. <laughs> you, know? you know, so like that ramp could be the fuse to the exploded thing. It'd be, it'd be so simple, like a specific I'm municipal gonna, issue, and then pow. I challenge you with just a tad on that, which is yeah. that that apocalypse thing is is one of the ways that the jihad has managed to scare us into so quo. The truth is, the truth is, and this has been shown over and over and over again. The latest, most uh, uh, um, uh, you know the the big the, the big move that was supposed to cause a, a zombie apocalypse uh, was the renaming uh, of the Jerusalem consulate, the Jerusalem embassy, the U.S. Jerusalem embassy moved to Jerusalem, and the, the all the poli sci folks and the State Department folks. Uh, that's old know, news, dude. What about the fact that that the the flag march provoked two weeks of war? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, right now things are are pretty hot on that territory. You, you put too much, too many Jews up there to pray, and, and they're going to start to riot. My point to you is, is that the truth is, when Israel's actually uh, Middle Eastern, when it's decisive, vociferous, out loud, proud, out of the closet, says what it does, most of the Arab world is like, it is what it is. And there are plenty of voices coming out of Saudi Arabia that are like, that is not anyway the Al Burak. You know, uh, I, no, I'm, I'm with it. But, but my point is, there are also plenty of enemies just you know, playing their chess games and move, swirling around at all times. And so in terms of bringing things to a head, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work better than that. I mean, the narrative of the apocalyptic is a very strong force in shaping both the history and the stories of the people who are holding the guns and the power and the interests and structures of our world. You know, it, you can call it a self-fulfilling prophecy or you can call it just a story we all are playing out. But that sort of showdown transition point in society where, where it's a watershed moment in a system from a systems perspective, which watershed means either the system goes up a level or it goes down a level in energy. It's just that the level of energy and organization it's holding right now has become so unstable that it must, and it's not a guarantee that it'll go up by any means. Right. Hence the, uh, the two ways it can go tradition. Our sages handed us about what the Mashiach looks like, you know, the thousand years of the ideal or a thousand years of quiet for the planet. Mm-hmm. So, I just my point I is one. my point Would, is is they there are forces that want to make it scarier than it is. Oh, that I'm not arguing with that. But my point is also that that there's also a reality there, and yeah. and if we're gonna we're gonna make a move, I would say by the way, making a decisive move there first for us is good. But then let's like like make a move and not right. like like can I stumble into some like coalition question of whether we can fix a. Exactly. Ramp, and they're going to start to riot, and then I'll fumble the response, and then you got to be totally out there, and people re- will respect you. I mean, right now, look what's happening. You got you got Jordan starting to fall towards Iran. There's a lot of uh, Jordan <sighs> and fake country, fake and fake country, and it's going to. Wait, it's, wait, wait, can we use proper terminology? It is a colonial state. It's a colonial state. 
Let's be specific. Uh, I think it's important to call it that in today's discourse where people have cast that aspersion at us, right? Where, where, where let's say Nehi, I agreed with them, which I don't, but let Nehi that I did, then just from logic, it's ridiculous not to call Jordan. Unless, of course, you want to have the race talk, right? Like, because the, the Hussein's family ain't from around there. He, he, he didn't organically rise from the desert as this noble monarch of 10 generations. You know, you know what the worst thing about Hussein is? Not only is he a fake colonialist. Um, uh, Don't call him a stooge. It's Pat. I wasn't going to call him a stooge. I was going to call him a, a kind of a figment, a, a created. A figment, created, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiction. Yeah, a fiction. That's it. Not only that, but here's the worst part. He is a corrupt and and not a smart ruler. We can tell you a funny story about him. He yes. also happens to be quite short. Yeah, he's short. And, That's right. And, well, but my brother during the first Iraq war, second, sorry, second Iraq war, <laughs> um, was in the Middle East and he refused to get embedded. Remember that was the, the U.S. was embedding reporters and he worked for the Times. He kind of could have done it, but he was one of these reporters. That, and where were all those guys? They were all in Amman. Because that was as close as they could get, and and, and they still have a board with uh, Iraq and etc. And um, there was a, a whole story there, but I won't go to it. But he, every time he filed, com- and the only talk about the news in Amman is the royal family. That's like it. That the weather and uh, and you know and money. Um, the so he, he, they were reporting on it, and he and his partner kept writing. And King Hussein, the midget, <laughs> they put it in, and their editor finally went nuts on them because the copy editor has to take that out every single time. I mean, on some level, that's text that's going to go up the line, and God forbid if somebody missed that, you know, stop it. But that was we have some great short leaders. I don't, I don't think his being short is is somehow. A, no, a, no, I'm just saying in, in terms of the caricature that he represents, it's that good, right? It's just, it's just, and you know what bothers me? It's like if you're going to be a corrupt leader, at least be like not totally inept. You know what I mean? Be, be like, hey, <laughs> who might you be thinking of in the current political field at home? <laughs> I don't like to see total ineptitude. It's like you're running that country oh. the ground. Everybody knows you're stealing the money. That place is the. the you, by the way, Lebanon is also now falling apart. Oh, Lebanon, failed state is failed starting state. to get thrown around as a as a real thing. Fake states end up failed states. Of course. That's right. Fake states end up failed states. Well, they're held up by outside interests until either those outside interests themselves begin to totter or they become no longer of use in present form. So, like, they're held up by outside interests. And they begin to fail when either those outside interests themselves begin to totter. Like, Cold War led to a lot of failed states when it ended, right? Um, Or they become no longer of interest in their present form. I mean, not every failed state is because their backer himself crumbled. Sometimes their backer just moves on, right? But right now with, with Iran in Lebanon and in the, in the Iranians having plenty of trouble at home, please God, the Americans won't make their life too much easier for them. And on the edge of Jordan. And on the edge of Jordan because they control Iraq. Right. You know, but, but, but meaning, meaning I think that that's a big part of what's happening there. It's not just its fakeness. It's the fact that its backer hopefully, is not as strong as we thought. Which backer do you refer to? Iran, the backer of Lebanon. Oh, Le- yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right, Lebanon. But I'm talking, I was, I'm just talking about Jordan right now. It's, ah. it's teeter and fail. Uh, and we just increased our, uh, the, the water that we're giving to Jordan by twice as much. Yes, for money, uh, for pay, but 
for me, it's like, why, you know, why, why do you, why, why do you? Oh, no, I, I, I want to question you on that assumption. I think that's a good thing. Um, because if we have the resource to make more water available is fundamentally to increase our influence. If we use it as such, meaning, meaning like, like you, you build around water as an infrastructure. Things get built around where that goes. Now, granted, the problem is we're dealing with a corrupt, inept leader. So, like, but it is a very real soft power. You get you get a country which depends on you for its water. Oh, what? Water is a hard power, not a. Soft you're not really going to cut it off. Now, that's the thing. Is that what makes it something? You're not really going to. Okay, so if you're not willing to actually use your weapon, then it becomes a useless weapon. So that's that's it, what I meant by soft power. It's, a, not, a, not, it's a, not a weapon. It's something you point at things. It's well used. We we gave up on this red dead canal, right? But but it, it, it is a mistake to fail to think big in the in the Dead Sea Canal here and that whole region and all the potential for reshaping. You know, if if President Trump had stayed in. That kind of stuff, without you know saying that would have been good, bad, or otherwise, that kind of construction project, I think, would have re reemerged in people's imaginations. And it's a very important, different way to look at the region. The region is a watershed. You look at it as a as a as a economic unit. You look at it as these things. A lot of the problems that we have, which revolve around specifically political sovereignty, they don't disappear. But they change shape. And, and their, their nature is a dilemma, which feels like it's insoluble, like how we just can't work this out, the intractable, blah, blah, blah. That's a dilemma. And when you start changing things like the perspective, economic, you know, resource, et cetera, a lot of those factors shift and the dilemma goes to a problem and actually has a solution. You understand? And it's no longer this sort of like feeling that all these pieces can't possibly work. So, so I, I'm just saying, I actually think that, that, also in the humanitarian sense, I, I don't think that we're squeezed by water. It's not our limiting factor in development right now as a state. Um, you know, and, and so therefore it, there is an important element in respecting water as a, if not a human right, certainly a basic human need. And, and I think that there is a place for the rights discourse within water, but then it gets you into uncomfortable talk about population. So. Um, right. And, and I just want to say that Shell is continuously monitoring our sound. Shell, I made another change now. Let me know if that's better. I heard a change in my ears, so it, it, it might have been uh, something that was uh, a setting that, that was changed that could be better now. Okay. Um, uh, I just want to say to you that I hear what you're saying. Hmm. I see now something, a problem with my settings today. But it's the nine days, right? People don't know that. It's the nine days, and the nine days means that things just mess up all the time. And so, so you have to just uh, accept. It's just more pressure. It's just, and the brokenness of the world is more present. And sometimes that can take small and very disruptive form. Well, the way I say it is like this: the temple was destroyed two thousand years ago, and just like a a, a pebble in a pond, there's uh, the continuing ripples. So things are still breaking. You know, you know how glass cracks, you know, glass cracks like a window glass and it keeps cracking, keeps cracking, keeps cracking. Mm -hmm. Like it's still cracking. And so my son, God bless him, Elazar says to me, we had one of our tree seam broke, a trees broke in the house. So he says mm -hmm. to me, and it happened on nine days. So in our house, we're like, Oh, nine days. There you go. Things break. So he says to me, that's a, he says to me, my son, he goes, that's a kid of Shashem. Cause it could have broken at a different time, but the mm -hmm. fact that it broke now, Means that we're still feeling the reverberations of, of that of that temple break, and so he's he's like I'm I'm so glad it broke now. It really shows that it's real. 
I'm very happy that he, that he got that idea. Yeah, I bless him that when he's got to pay to fix it, he's able to say the same thing. Right, I mean, right. I, and I'm, I'm not sure that he... That was without he, cynicism. That was without cynicism <laughs> I said that. That was uh, like a momish, momish. Absolutely, absolutely. I, 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 I understood it as such. Um, uh, oh, I just want to make one last comment about the Jordan thing, which is you said a lot of words. I'll say it in, much, in shorter words. Personally, I don't mind if my enemies dry out. I have no problem with that. I, I, if, if Jordan continues to act like an enemy, which it has and does, and foments total hate against Israel the whole time, everybody knows that. You can even look at their WhatsApps and can see that they foment hate all the time. Yeah. I, say, I say dry the bastards out. I have no problem with not giving them the water. That's me. Okay? And if they want the water, then commit. You have to commit to A, B, and C. And what you said, which is like stop inciting against Israel, get the hell off the Temple Mount, etc., what you said, which is totally true, which is there are powers that are interested in holding this thing up. I, I can tell you from experience, when you go to the halls of power in the United States and you mention Jordan, they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Don't talk about Jordan. There's no, something no. about. Oh, it's very simple. It's the colonial. That's why you've got to call it right. colonial because Jordan is right. still the keystone of the Anglo-American reliance upon a certain shape to the Middle East to guarantee their national security in forms of the flow of oil, the balance between Arab nationalism and the religious force, and still some extent of the Cold War dance with Russia. Jordan has always, and you know, perhaps forever will be. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I hadn't heard that before, but, but you know, from the historical perspective, you can see it very clearly in all the documents that, that people are still like at the no-go zone makes sense to me why the obvious solution to the two-state problem, so to speak, just it becomes the realm of right-wing kooks and, uh, and uh, intellectuals who haven't been told to shut up yet. Or have been told to shut up but just don't care. because don't, don't care. care well, that's no more right-wing kooks. <laughs> yeah. I'm so thankful to my I job sometimes. Crazy, man. I'm so thankful I realize that so many people like have a job where they can't say things uh, you know, for, 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 for public reasons. But in my job, if I'm like, no, Jordan is junk, and we should dry them out, or, or, or at least you know, force them to commit to to accepting Israel. Like in at, at Hebron, nobody's like, "That's a problem." Everybody's like, "Sure, that's right." <laughs> so, I, you know, I really I've worked at like real, you know, nationalist so-called right-wing organizations like Arutz Sheva in and Hebron, and I'm like that part. You know, they don't pay as well as yeah. I don't know what, but you know, working for uh, you know, but but like, but I'll tell you what, it, it gives you a freedom. And I guess I need that. Okay. Yeah, I, I need know, that you, you are. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful you found your home there. I listen, I haven't known you for so long, but it seems to me you found your home there. Thank you, Shen. Thank you, Shen. It's uh, working. Work, truthfully, I think it, it comes from a certain simplicity. I have, I have, I've realized that I have a certain simplicity in my mind. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so just I'm like, oh, I work for Avram, and, and, and that's good. You, could, you, could, you, could do a, you can't do better than that. There you go. I like it. Right. It's, it, I, I, it's simplicity and foundational. I mean, it's kind of like. Let's just get this clear. Bedrock. That's right. Right. You've got but a picture I, of a cave behind you. Right. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. Listen. Uh, so we talked about Leah Goldman. We talked about the book of Devarim. We talked about memory um, and, and, and seeing it differently. I think actually somebody wrote here about memory. Oh, she, Marilyn says, she goes, from hindsight, it is always more encompassing in the retelling. Yes. Okay. Because so it's more yeah, encompassing. Everything which lies between you and the event is part of the retelling. Yes, but I think the most encompassing is when you hear, like the eyes. Here, here's the here's the parable. The eyes are offset a little bit, and mm-hmm. it's actually 
not the let the retelling, which is important for us when we read the Torah. It's actually that we have both perspectives. Yes, 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 we, yes, yes. And they, sorry, they, I took that for granted. Your experience but, is real. Having the text of the experience is uh, is is already at least gives us the frame for understanding life. Shmuel oh, writes. It's a rolling shutter window shutter that ha- on the sides of uh, everybody who comes from America is jealous as all heck that we have these things because if you need to turn my, off the lights. The women in my family could not sleep in America because they didn't have them. I, I also really, I get up very early, so I, I didn't really, hadn't really thought about it. But once I heard them complaining, I noticed I'm like, well, yeah, you know what? These, uh, the, what do they call, we call them, we pull them down with window shades. Right? They don't work so well. No, they, they're not as. <laughs> In terms this of thing, light, this thing is like a. This thing is a quasi, you know, uh, you know, bomb. I, I always <laughs> feel a little bit like I live on what was the planet that Luke grew up on Tatooine, right? That thing for sure had those. Right, keep out the sand and the light. Yeah, that's right. But there's no place to go back there, though. There's not. It's all. It's all gone now. Yeah. So, so Luke, you got to go on. Uh, that's. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's a muscle for the galoot, isn't it? Sure. It's like you got to move Even forward. We got the tree scene here. We brought it with us. The idea was that's right. Okay, so lastly, let's hit one last point, which is um, which is the 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 holiday slash Memorial Day slash uh, fast day and commemorative day of Tisha B'Av that's uh, almost upon us, and it's it's important to know right off the bat that it is a it is the other it's the darkest day on the Jewish calendar. Yom Kippur is, yeah, I, yeah. I was about to say, it's, it's, it's like Yom Kippur in that it's like a sad day. Yom Kippur yeah, is not right. a sad day. Yom Kippur is a happy day. Yeah. Right. Yom Kippur is a joyous day. And, and our rabbis go out of their way to, to point that out. But Tisha B'Av is a sad day. And yet, we also know through our through our uh, sages that it's destined to be a happy day. Well, Nikra Moed, right? I mean, it's, it's actually called a Moed. And, and um, a Moed is an acquainted time. Right, that's basically what it is. But it, what was the word special. used? A, a, acquainted, appointed, appointed time. Oh, appointed. Avoid, right, like you, you will meet me here then, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like, but in the calendar, right? So, meaning there's a divine gift in knowing that there are sacred times. <laughs> it's like the one of the great sort of enduring sources of our wisdom as a people and certainly my personal mental, spiritual and emotional and physical health is the Jewish calendar, you know? And so, so Tisha B'Av on one hand is an accident, so to speak, right? The temple shouldn't have been destroyed. We shouldn't have to sit in the darkness and feel the brokenness all the time. On the other hand, apparently that's not entirely true because it is a moed, meaning there is something essential to that. And the redemptive side of that is why, we have a hint that, you know, like it's beautiful if for people who understand the detailed laws of the liturgy in, in Jewish tradition, we don't say Tachanun before the day before it's going to work out. This way, the Shabbos will be its own expression, but, but during the, we don't say the, the sort of prayer of supplication and, and like, and, and brokenness on the afternoon before, because someday this is going to be a celebration. Right. That's right. And and I uh, I want you to know that um, can you hear me? Yeah, I, I, I want you to know that that the that the Rav Tzadok Milublin says there's actually going to be a fourth regal, a fourth pilgrimage holiday from the ninth of Av to the fifteenth of Av, which is going to be a specific Mikdash pilgrimage, M- Mikdash, a a very, Mikdash holiday. 
which is a very old Mikdash festival itself, the from the festival of Shiloh in, in Tuba'ah. I mean, don't let's not That's forget right. that that was Sviv Mishkan. That was right. So it was around the Mishkan. That was a very important story, which I'm guessing we don't have time to tell in the link That's between right. Tijabab and Tuba'ah. But uh, mm-hmm. Rav Tzadik says yeah. it? That uh, must be true. Yeah, Rav Tzadik says it, and it's awesome. And I called this show today, I called it Build Back Better. So our friend uh, Mark Pickles writes, Build Back Better on the Third Temple. I love it. I've written uh, yeah, Build Back Better is a good phrase. Yeah, that's, well, that's there. That's like the big, uh, that's the big lefty phrase. You know, that's the big, oh, like, it? oh, it's I huge. Oh, I, my gosh, you, I haven't seen this phrase. Oh, you got to check it out. It's like a whole, it's a whole world. Build Back Better is a, I mean, is a phrase used by, yeah, okay. but it's just be, just, just be careful because it's not a, it's just look into it. You'll see it's, it's considered by the conspiracy okay. theorists. And I don't mean conspiracy theorists in a, in, in a negative phrase. I mean to say, but folks that are monitoring the stuff are very uh-huh. concerned with this phrase because it's something that the, you know, that the um, IMF and, and the, uh, what do they call oh, it? Yeah. World Economic Forum, they use this term and it's like, a, it, it's everywhere. And yeah, it's like about a, the IMF and the World Economic Forum. I start getting goosebumps. Right. Okay. So these guys <laughs> use this term build back better. From. Well, they, they had good consultants. That's for sure. Right. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, you mean the temple? That's yeah, what you well, mean. Build back better. Yeah. I, I, I want to make some build back better, like third temple hats. I'm thinking like, te- you know, temple 3.0. <laughs> yes. build back better, you know? Swag, build back better. Swag. People need to tell you right now, whether yeah. you for the low, low price of whatever it ends up being want That's right. build, back build back better, better hat. hat or t-shirt. Let us know what would be preferable. That's Frisbee. Right. You know what? He's going I'm to the States. It. You can do it. I'm on you can get it. frisbees, by the way, um, with the temple in the middle. That would be pretty. I would buy a frisbee from you, personally. <laughs> that would be great. Listen, we have Talk one to last thing. He knows everything. Yeah, he does. He does. That is true. Okay, one last thing. One last thing I want to discuss today. Um, we're having a we're having a fun show today. We're we're doing. I know. We're, 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 we're jumping around. That's right. And I've been locked in the house with my kids for you know seven days. They're on quarantine. They're not awake yet. I have to wake them up as soon as we're done. So. Well, there's a, there's a few verses in, in the, in the Parshat Dvarim that I really, really like, that, are, that stand out for me, um, that are important to me. Um, and one of them is um, this, this great, this is, this is like a verse that makes me very happy always, every year. And it goes like this. It's, it's talking about the fact that, that the Jewish people uh, um, captured the Hermon away from Og. Mm-hmm. And it just says the following. It says, so the the Sidonians um, would refer to Hebron as Siron, and the Amorites would call it Snir. I love that phrase. I love that one. What makes like, you love it? It's like there's been these massive peoples here, and everybody knows that this mountain's important. Everybody knows that because when you it's- travel up there. It's you're like boom, right? <laughs> and the like, water flows off it, right? And this verse a is like history. The first thing it says to you, like there are other peoples that lived here, and it's also geography. It's like everybody knew this mountain's important to the point that they gave it a name. And the Torah right. is like, just so you know, everybody knows that mountain. So it places the Torah in time and the Jewish people in history, and it places it in geography. Mm. And it's this, and it's just like it's like. And then so, you think of the mountain and you smile. Right. And you're like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Because yeah, when you I go there, you're I, like, I, I oh. know the name. Right. Yeah. That's like, oh, a sneer. Yeah, I love it. And there's a river it's killed sneer. And it's like, aha. So these people's called it this. And these people called it that. It's like a lesson in geography and in um, 
what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Like study study of societies. Sociology? Not sociology. I guess, uh, I guess history. No, uh, no, Antrop- anthropology. 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 Right. It's like a. It's like yeah, a, a little phrase. The name, place, you know, the continuity of, of of names given to place. I would I would put into history. You could go into an anthropology study of it, but whatever. Right. Now, it's, I, also, I, it's beautiful. It's also it's, it's geography rootedness. and it's right. It's, it's geopolitical. Right. Continu- it's continuity right. there is right. is fantastic because of course we're using the name Hermon. Right. That's right. We use it. And God's like, and you captured it, but just so you know, there's these other peoples. They were strong. And nobody calls it Sneer, or um, I already forgot what the first one was. Sirion. Um, Sirion, right. I mean, obviously, that's a different area. Wait, we have a song that we sing with the word Sirion. Yeah, there uh, might be a, a stream called that. And obviously, Syria must have some connection to right. Sirion. I mean, they happen to be Sirion, on the other side right. of it. It's Sneer. There is a river Sneer that comes off the Hermon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Sneer is beautiful. Right. Yeah, great. So I don't know why, but every year I'm just like, go on, go on. Yeah, you on. just gave me a smile. I'm gonna listen yeah. for it this week yeah, in, like, in like, Korea. And I'll, yeah. I'll smile too. I like it. That's right. That's, that's a good right. one. Uh, and also, there's another verse um, that I like a lot, which is in Shlishi, I think. And this, you're gonna laugh at me because you know that this. Is I like, would never, um, except with the goodness of heart, or all right, you will, s- you will snigger, maybe. First thing, here's a verse that I like for everybody I don't here. Think you can say that anymore, anymore. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry, it, moving on. Verse, uh, chapter one, verse <laughs> twenty-one. This is this is this is a verse for the simple man. Uh-huh. Look, You see, God has put before you the land. Ale, go up to it. Resh, inherit it or uh, you know possess it. As Hashem, the God of your forefathers, has told you, don't be afraid, don't falter. Right? Just, just like that. Just see, see. That's what I mean for the simple man. It's like you see, there's the land. So I promised your forefathers. So go up and get it now. Yeah, and don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Which, which is, and don't falter. It's an excellent uh, translation of tichat, by the way. Right. Um. The well, you know, I'm teaching Sefer Shoftim right now in the Pardes summer program, and and this is a critical piece of context because, of course, it's exactly what Amitriel after Yoshua at least doesn't do. Meaning, like the first wave definitely does it, but but then in Shoftim, it like the momentum starts to split and people start to calculate and the tribes. It's it, it, you know, so, so this this plastic that I'm going to mention in class tonight. Thank you. It's right at the end of. Sorry, at the beginning, actually, where was that? Was it was you said it was out twenty one, one twenty one. Uh, yeah, that's right. There it is. Uh, yeah, I got it. It's yeah, just yeah, that yeah. simple. It's just like yeah. sometimes, sometimes like, and I have I have friends, and I say to them sometimes, uh, I have a friend having issues with tefillin, and he knows it's the right thing to do. He knows to put on his tefillin every day, and I and he's and he's like he says to me, Ishai, I'm working on it, and this and that. I said to him, Your problem is that you're working on it. Don't work on it. I said to him. Just put on your filling. Don't yeah. work on it. Yeah, don't yeah. be smart. Don't work it out. Don't uh, make a philosophy out. Don't understand why you should forget it. You've come yeah. to that conclusion now, and also you trust me. I'm your friend, so I'm saying to you, don't worry about it. Just put on your filling. And I told them, be pashtus, be pashtus, be pashtut. Make it be simple in your head. Don't be so complex. Don't be so full of yourself. You know, don't worry <laughs> about the thoughts. You know, just just do the do the right thing. Same thing. It's like go to the land because God has given it to you. That's it. You know, don't be so smart about it. Yeah, Lou Weiss writes, just do it. That's right, just do it. Okay, uh, last <laughs> verse. Uh, this is the one that you're going to chuckle at. 
Uh, end of Shlishi. No, that wasn't the one. That was End of Shlishi. Right. End of Shlishi, chapter 1, verse 36. He says... Uh, he says, you know, God got angry at us for uh, for uh, for saying bad things about the land of Israel, and we we're, we're not going to get to go in except zulati, which means accept. That's the word zulati means accept. Kalev ben Yifune, hu yirena, he shall see it. He shall see it. Not not just possess it. He shall see it with his own fleshly eyes. Right. And I shall give him the land. Asher darachba that he walked in. And I read this to Noam Arnon yesterday, Ulevanav, and to his children. Okay? And to his children. It, it could have totally s- skipped that word, but it says, and to his children. Ulevanav. Why? Yan Because he went, he fulfilled the word, word of God. He, he went, he, he, he followed God. That's he it. was whole after God, right? That's it. That's exactly it. So, so it's just. That verse is great, and and then by the way, it also shows you that there's a difference between Yoshua and Kalev. Kalev was the one who was the hero of the story of the spies, and and fought against the spies, and that's why he got that portion of the land of Israel, as opposed to Yoshua, which he had a different role. His role was he was the next in line to of Moses's position. Yeah. Kalev was not was the like, next in line. Was lo- la- la- da- he was going to go with the negative team, right? That wasn't going to happen. But it was Kalev right. who was the hero of that. Opposing side. That's right. That's yeah, right. absolutely. So that's that. That story. He's the hero. Yeshua has got a different schut. Yeah. yeah. And, and just because you and I are talking about this off uh, uh, off camera, I just want to throw out something on camera for you. Uh-huh. Uh, I read. A, I read um, a very famous rabbi in Yeshivat Gush Etzion. Uh, his name escaped me right now for a second, but it'll come back. Yaakov Meidan. Yaakov Meidan. Uh-huh. Meidan. So sure. I I had a sit down with him and we talked about Kalev. Right. We mentioned yeah. Right. And he says to me. You see that Kalev didn't get an, an important role when they walked in. We talked about the relative importance of Kalev as a character. So sure. he says to me, you see that, yeah, that, that Kalev did not get an important role at entering the land of Israel. And so therefore he was suggesting that his role was not as great as I would think, for example. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I, I, I disagree like, with that first premise. Right. First thing, he got a role as the chief of, of the I tribe. I was even going there. Judah. Yeah, what were you going to say? I would say the responsibility for Hebron is enormous for everything which is going to follow from what they're doing. I mean, right. a vote in everything that follows, and the fact that Hebron became capital of Judah, blah, 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 blah. But, but I would say, first and foremost, God says, I'm putting this into the hands of you and your children. That's big. So that's a, that's a great answer, and your answer is deep and true, but I will match you with another deep and true answer, which is... I'll see your answer, and provide my own i i was i wanted to say to him it, t- it took me like weeks to analyze what he said to me and then i was like oh <laughs> him. he's a rabbi he'll appreciate yeah, yeah. that yeah no yeah. i mean seriously he, he he's a rabbi he will appreciate it. not a maybe Mm-mm. okay all right all right i'll, as, I'll, as I'll long test, as you do I'll it in a clear and, and respectful fashion like in in discourse he'll love it oh yeah of course i'm doing it. i i mean you've been thinking about what he said for weeks i can oh, tell yeah. you as a oh, teacher yeah. there's no, no greater praise I was literally thinking about it for weeks. I was like, yeah. what did you yeah. And I came up with such a simple answer. Mashiach ben Yosef, it's not a simple answer. Mashiach ben Yosef always comes before Mashiach ben David. Sure. Like, of course Yeshua was supposed to go into the land and that was his role. That was the role of the infrastructure, of setting up the whole thing. That's Yeshua. He's, he's the son of Yosef. Yeah, okay, so he's, Kalev represents the Davidic kingdom. That's only later down the line. That, that right. structure, basically. 
Right. Yeah. It's, but it's right. It's down the line. Of course, Caleb didn't get the role oh, the right now. Like, right, I mean, the statement that you see he didn't get a role when they went in shows he wasn't so important. The answer is no. No. Actually, right. it shows how important he was. That he's not like your frontline guy who's you're sending in to like set things up. This is a guy who steps in when it's ready. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Quite right. Exactly nice. right. Exactly right. And this all ties back into Tisha B'Av, of course, which is the day that the Jewish people rejected the land of Israel. It all comes together. And 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 I, I just let's finish off with another thing. Please. If you walk, if you walk right now in the fields of Judea and in the fields of Samaria, the mountains of Samaria, you know what you're gonna see? You're gonna see that this is exactly when the grapes are coming to the first um Smadok, like the first blossom. The first, the, no, not blossom. The first, no. the first not blossom, the smadok, the first like moving from flower to fruit. No, they're now moving from fruit to ripe fruit. Oh, really? Yes. The oh. ninth of Av, every single year, the ninth of Av is when the grapes are ready. What does the Torah say? When they come back, when the spice says, when they leave, right. it says, you may be right, right. of him. These days right. are the beginnings. That's what you were saying, that they're just budding, uh, they're just just becoming fruit. I don't know what the technical term is. I know there is technical terms. Right now, Tisha B'Av, every single year, the grapes are turning just the first ones are ready. And then and then this month, and two months, is all the delicious, delicious grapes. And it's like, just like the Torah says, just like it's promised in, in, in just the way it was, just the way it is. And here it is in the fields of Judea. The grapes are coming back to life right after Tisha B'Av where we feel broken. Suddenly we see, when you look at grapes, they look like little tiny, tiny children, like, like <laughs> blossoming and being born. And, and here we are in the land with all of the challenges that we still face, biblical challenges. Oh, uh, we're, we're on back. biblical terrain, that is for sure, in every sure, sense of the word. I like that. Biblical terrain. Keep that. Keep that thought in your mind. That's a good one for you. That's a okay. One. Biblical terrain because the terrain is historical. Yeah, it's literally biblically biblical. Historically speaking, and the arc of the narrative we're playing out, even in our daily politics, has biblical elements. That's you know, we we talked about the apocalypse before. I mean, come on. <laughs> and it was and it was it was an easy sell. I mean, you may, you may not like the fear factor the way that's being used in the media, but it's not based on a impossibility. All right, listen, it's time to, to wrap it up. You have uh, uh, some classes that you're going to be teaching uh, uh, soon uh, that I, you wanted to invite people to. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I, I'm going live with Jewish Story. I'm going to teach a weekly class on Sunday nights. I'm starting Rosh Chodesh Elul, August 8th. You can find it on Facebook or you can send me robmikefoyer at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to jewishstory.co and you'll see the registration link there. Once a week, going live, we're going to look at 1945 to 67. We're going to take apart this whole colonial story and all the revolutionary elements that have yet to come fruition, really, within our society and check out their roots in a way in which it's going to be both an engagement and a combat with a lot of the lies that are, that are being told about us and some of the truths that just aren't getting the air they deserve. That's basic story. That's going to be a lot of fun. So that's jewishstory.co and registration link or rovmike.com. Uh, so that's awesome, and people can write you an email as well. Yeah, or just write to me. What's your email address? RavMikeFoyer at gmail.com. RavMikeFoyer at gmail. That's great. I want to thank the Land of Israel Network for hosting us. Uh, I want to thank the folks that make this show possible, which is Yochevet Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lou with us here helping us out. Five thumbs uh, up. So, that's right. Some people really make make uh, the show 
happen, I want to uh, recommend that everybody check out EshaiFleischer.com. We have a brand new donate page, which we just worked on for a long time to make it easy, clear, and fast. And you can to get, buy you get, coffee. That's right. This way, that way, Venmo, Zelle, you know, uh, the PayPal, whatever, however you want to contribute to to uh, the effort uh, of walking the biblical terrain and making it more beautiful every single day. Uh, that's that's totally doable. And I want to thank God Almighty for giving us a chance to broadcast uh, during these holy nine days. Uh, and uh, and though on these days we have to be a little bit less, we have to lessen our stuff, as, as the Lubavitcher Rebbe says, Mematin Besimcha. That's right. That's why we're doing it. And I want to thank really God Almighty for giving us a chance to broadcast from Judea. Next week, I'll already be on the road. Uh, so I'm looking forward to giving you guys reports uh, from um, from Florida. That's right, from Florida. Listen, if you want to hook up on the distance, you you be in touch with me. I'm working all hours these days. Yofi, Yofi, Bezat Hashem, Bezat Hashem. God bless Hello, you, folks, wherever you are. Rav Mike, thank you so much. Have a Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Chazon Shalom. Uh, and, and, and and hopefully uh, not a fast, but but a, a celebration of redemption. But if a fast, then okay, we'll do that as well. We'll do that. Make it meaningful, well. right? All right, folks. More great stuff is in the way. Rav Mike Shabbat Shalom and thanks. God bless Absolutely. you. And blessings from the land of blessings and Shalom. Join the Land of Israel Fellowship, led by Jeremy and Tehila Gimpel, together with Rabbi Ari Abramowitz, with live virtual gatherings, an archive of recorded teachings, together with an ongoing relationship and personal connection to Jeremy, Tehila, and Ari. Take the next step in your journey with Israel and the Hebrew Bible. Join the biblical destiny of Israel, together, through the Torah of the Land, directly, from the mountains of Judea. For more information, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.